Welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the official podcast of EverythingAction.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything Action Cast, the podcast for the week of May 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm your co-host, Chris. And uh, we got a bunch of stuff this week. Let's get started. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to get started with some sad news. Uh, we lost several people since the last podcast. Um, several famous people. Um, it was it was kind of like it was like one after the it was like it was just like one one after the other, just like every, like multiple blows <laughs> all week. Yeah, um, couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. So I think I think right after we start uh, recorded last week, uh, we learned that Jim Brown had passed away. Who you know, obviously uh, NFL Hall of Famer for the Cleveland Browns, but then uh, I think I mean I think became easily like one of the best like athletes turned actors of all time. I mean his like yep. acting career was like just as good as like his like football career. Like cause he was in like so many great things and was like 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 uh, stuff we love like the Running Man, I, yeah, Fireball and and uh, the Running Man, Byron Williams and Mars Attacks, yeah. He, Punching, punching out Martians. I, mean, uh, I loved him in in uh, Cleveland show as uh, like Cleveland's dad. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a fun nod. Um, small soldiers. He was a uh, Butch Meat Hook because well, because because basically small soldiers like the the Commando Elite were basically the Dirty Dozen, which Jim Brown was also. That was like his first big acting role was the Dirty Dozen. I never connected that. That's basically who they are. Yeah, they basically everyone who everyone who's still around from the from the Dirt Dozen like was really commanded elite plus Tommy Lee Jones. But he was even he was in uh, Ice Station Zebra. He was in like a lot of like uh, like Western like kind of, like these like seventies kind of like black exploitation westerns and like black exploitation movies. Um, he was in a movie that I think I think at some point we're we need to watch Chris L.A. Heat. <laughs> We've seen the trailer for that like a couple times. Um, yeah. yeah. He was the captain in LA Heats. Uh, he was in Killing American Style, which I think was like a, like a Red Letter Media, uh, uh, like best of the worst classic. Uh, he got Game, Any Given Sunday, and then his uh, his you last. Know, you know what's interesting? He wasn't in a lot of like sports movies. Yeah, like it's it was it was it was it was like definitely like like. You would think he'd be in more like football movies and like you know coach or whatever, but yeah, he was. It was, it was like a couple like it was fired between for like actual like a movie about sports or about football or something. Although the last movie he was in was Draft Day. As his last official as, like as, as like himself, yeah. Yeah, but playing himself is not the same. Mm-hmm. But I get it. You have Jim Brown. You're making a sports movie. It, it was bound to happen. But uh, yeah, we and we also uh, lost Ray Stevenson this past week as well, which was just totally shocking. I mean, I fe- I feel like we were like gearing up for him to be like on like you know the interview trail for like ah- Ahsoka and stuff in a couple months, but this this is this is like a Lance Reddick style of just like just a sudden like, just all of a sudden just like. Oh, he like Ray Davis died. Like, yeah, they just passed away. Like from what? Just, uh-huh. 
but I mean, also, also someone who's in just a ton of stuff that we love, and just like, I think, and also, it was always just like, if Ray Stevenson was in it, it was like, oh, now it's in, like, I'm, not, I'm, you know, even if like everything else about this is like not <laughs> that great, like Ray Stevenson's here, to, like do do something cool. Yeah, uh, it definitely if it like if it needed an action movie and you needed a charming villain, Ray Stevenson was like it. Or if you needed just sort of like a stoic tough guy looking guy Ray Stevens would just fill that role yeah except when it was weird to see him in Thor as like the comic relief <laughs> yes he was Volstag one of the Warriors 3 who I believe I believe canonically are dead because Thanos killed them or something or something like no, what happened um, to them, or it was before uh Thanos so he got killed by um Hela or the executioner yeah. yeah yeah she di- he died by Hela so mm-hmm. There's just no, um, over like, uh, diversion in the timeline. But, uh, I mean, yep, yeah, I mean, Punisher Warzone is a huge one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the first time I really, like, noticed him. Well, I know was, he was more famous from Rome, but Rome, Rome, of, Rome was definitely, Rome was his first big, like, American, like, oh, I'm an, I'm an HBO show. Um, I think like King Arthur was like his first big like Hollywood movie. I think, yeah, the 2004 Clive Owen movie. Oh, yeah, and then I saw that in theaters. Yeah, and then yeah, shortly after that he was he was, he was Punisher, and then yeah, he was in just in just a bunch of like, uh, you know, big blockbuster action genre stuff. Book of Eli, uh, the Three Musketeers, like Paul W. Sanderson's. The <laughs> Three Musketeers, the, 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 green, the, green the steep steampunk craziness, G.I. <laughs> Joe Retaliation, his Firefly. Yeah, I forgot he was in that. But I still remember him for uh, the other guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. As this charming like mercenary dude. Mm-hmm. He was in all. He was in all the uh, like Divergent movies, like all the, that that series. Couldn't tell you what happens in it. No, I've never seen those. Uh, the Accident Man movies, like the Scott Atkins Accident Man movies. He was Big Ray. He was like the, the, he was great in both those. Uh, and then uh, last year, I mean RRR, one like one of the biggest movies of the year. He was like the main bad guy, the main villain, like crazy over the top British villain. And then, uh, and then also Star Wars. I mean, he was uh, Gar Saxon and Clone Wars, and I think also Rebels. And then he's gonna be, yeah, he's gonna be in Ahsoka. Uh, that's gonna be like his last role, basically, is uh, B- Balin Skull. I wonder if he was like, I mean, he must have like not disclosed his illness or anything, because it seemed like he was just like fine. You know, he was. I mean, like an no. actor who. I was. Well, uh, they, I mean, they, 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 they really. Yeah, they really they haven't said what um yeah what I mean what he died from but I mean it could have just been like one of those crazy like aneurysms or what like just <laughs> one of those freak things that happens. Yeah, yeah, yo, he you know did a whole bunch of Mountain Dew and then like I don't know took like the wrong kind of headache medicine. Yeah, I mean he's only fifty eight, so I mean he was. <laughs> I mean, that was, like, the scary thing. It was just like, what? Like, Lance Reddick, when he died, it was, like, kind of like, wait, what? Like, he's only 58, too. Like, he was... Yeah. 
relatively, you know, good shape. He relatively, like, kind of didn't do a lot of crazy things. Mm-hmm. Like, unexpected. I mean, I think the list of people we're, we're talking about is kind of either unexpected or just like, wow, like, we kind of didn't know what was up with them. Yeah, and then the uh, last uh, person we lost this week was uh, Tina Turner, the, the legend, Tina Turner, who apparently had been uh, kind of battling a long illness and uh, passed away earlier this week at age 83. Also, did not know Tina Turner was 83. Mm-hmm. That, like, I looked at the number, I was like, are you what? Well, that, but, that was surprising. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, huge music career, um, rock and roll hall of fame. Eight, when she won eight Grammys, but in like in like the world of like movies and stuff, obviously, like a huge impact as well. Like she, uh, I think the biggest thing obviously is Mad Max Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome. She was aunt, aunt, anti entity and did the uh, the songs for the for that movie. And then uh, the theme the theme song for Goldeneye. Which I think is a favorite for both of us. We grew up a lot with it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it was about a satellite. <laughs> uh, she's she was also in uh, Tommy, the like the who like the adaptation of like the Who's like rock opera. Uh, she had a movie about her, like she had a movie based on her. Uh, What's love got to do with it? Did she star in it? No, it was Angela Bassett that played her. I feel like half of that movie could have been her. Like she could have just <laughs> probably been the yeah. Next, or the next era of the movie. Just like Howard Stern, it like private parts are just like be, play yourself mm-hmm. in your movie. <laughs> I always forgot Howard Stern was in his own movie about his own biography, and he was playing all the roles basically. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot Howard Stern can kind of act. So like Tina Turner can act. I'm surprised she wasn't doing more with that, but. I think she kind of stepped out of the limelight like the mid 2000s just to sort of like eat gracefully or just sort of you know retire. Yeah, her last her last music video was uh, 2020. Oh, that's still not bad. Like she still was doing what she loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, another another uh, another movie role was uh, Last Action Hero. She was the mayor. The mayor of Los Angeles. That was a fun cameo role from her. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so RIP to all three of them. Um, hopefully, hopefully, don't lose any other <laughs> like you know huge like any of our favorites or any of like hugely influential people <laughs> until the next podcast. Not, not like yeah, I mean, just back to back is always like terrible. Yeah, it's like what comes in threes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like it's been a while since we had like to talk about people like passing away too, because like it's been like like weeks or months. Yeah, it's been a couple months or like uh, like a month or two since anyone like 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 this big passed away. So. But uh, yeah, so moving on to uh, other news, we got some trailers to talk about. And we got the first trailer this week for Skull Island, which is the next chapter of the MonsterVerse. It's the animated series coming to Netflix. Uh, basically, like, a month from now, on June 22nd. And 
I think I think it's set like sometime before Skull Island or after Skull Island. Like, I, I don't think they've specifically said like what the time frame is, but it's basically there's like a group of explorers that show up on Skull Island and they have to like you know deal with all the creatures and Kong. And but it seems like they maybe they team up with Kong to like fight the other monsters. I feel like if it's before Skull Island, it'd be kind of weird because it's like like Kong knows how what humans are, and then he still actively tries to mess with them. Yeah. Even though he befriended a couple of them. It might maybe it's like a like a, a like a post Skull Island like Monarch mission or something or some other group well, gets post, tra- like yeah. Post makes more sense, but if it's pre, it's just sort of like oh, so he was a good guy and then became a bad guy. There's a lot. There's a lot of time between. Skull Island and like Godzilla, Godzilla vs Kong. Like dec- there's like decades to explore between those those two movies in like the MonsterVerse timeline. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm uh, wait. By the time he fights King Kong, he's just he's been captured already, right? Like you in Skull Island, didn't he? Was he captured or just sort of just hangs out? There was like like Skull Island base almost got wiped out because of like uh, Ghidorah's like. Like mass, like the storm systems that he created around himself, and then they built like a they built like a biodome basically around Kong to keep him like like isolated from everyone. Cause I, cause I think there was also the thing in like the Godzilla the Godzilla versus Kong like credits was that like Godzilla just went around like just like fucking murdered everyone else <laughs> like because there's just like that like the credits are just like like. Ghidra defeated, like this one defeated, this one defeated, like so, like, like Godzilla just went around, just like just like killed anyone that would be a threat to him. He killed but all that, his friends, though. Yeah. Which that was also, that was like a weird thing of like, weren't they like bowing to him as like their like alpha god, <laughs> like at the end of like King of the Monsters? And then he just like was like, oh, I'm gonna kill all of you because you could you could challenge me. Well, I guess it's sort of just ensuring his throne. Yeah. But kind of a dick move there, Kong. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Godzilla. And uh, a lot, a lot of people pointed out um, that, or like, I, I've seen some comments about like about this this uh, animated show. Like, it definitely has vibes of like that, like Godzilla, like the Godzilla '98 like animated series, where it's gonna be like, are they, it's like this team of humans teaming up with like. In that show, obviously, it was Godzilla. Now this is Kong, and like team up to fight other monsters. And it's coming from uh, Powerhouse Animation, which brought us Castlevania and Blood of Zeus on Netflix. So at least we know like the animation style is gonna is gonna be pretty good. You know, I always forget Blood of Zeus is a thing. I watched like three episodes, and I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm assuming that's can- that got canceled because it only lasted like one season. So, but I don't think they ever like officially were like, "Oh yeah, that's canceled." I was wondering if they got to a conclusion, or did they just like, "Yeah, see you next season." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check out uh, this show when it, when it hits Netflix next month. Uh, just, I mean. Anything with the MonsterVerse, I'll I'll check out. And then uh, we also got uh, the first trailer for Hijack, which is a new Idris Elba 
Apple TV Plus thriller series, miniseries. It's also going to debut in June, uh, June 28th. And uh, Idris Elba is playing a passenger on a train that's uh, on a seven-hour flight to London. And the plane gets hijacked. And then uh, apparently like Idris Elba is like a like, nego- like he's like a business negotiator. But, he's, but then they're like he's like, trying to use his skills to like, like negotiate like, with, the, with the hijackers. Like, hey, like, let us go. We're like, like, calm down or like, don't like, don't like start killing people. Or I didn't know if he was a. Business negotiator. I thought that's, he was like what, a tactical negotiator. That's, that's what the description. The description for the show says he's a business, like a, uh, like top tier business negotiator. Like what? Like corporations? Like a corporate? Bi- yeah, like a corporate negotiator or something. I didn't know that's what I thought he was like. Oh, because even his wife and kid was like, he's the right man for the job. I was like, oh, maybe he's like on his day job. He's a cop negotiator or something. It's like, yeah. nope. Or he's like, or he's like, you think he'd be like an air marshal, or like, or he's like a military or something? But like, but then it's like weird because like he like seems to have like a lot of like uh, tactical skills. like tactical skills of like passing messages and like having people gear up to like fight the t- hijackers yeah, and stuff. What is happening in the corporate world where that was like something he picked up on the job? Yeah, you can you, you can use your uh, a seatbelt as like a a brass knuckle, like wrap that around your that's fist. How, yeah, that's how I negotiated the Doritos. Locos tacos. Yeah. Because we beat up the like the competition. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm just like I, I from the trailer you would not think he's a just corporate business negotiator. You think he's some sort of like I don't know militant background guy. Maybe he yeah. is, and it's just the corporate negotiation is just like secondary skill, but they really bring it up front that he's the gonna he's gonna negotiate. Mm-hmm. But then his negotiation is there's 300 people and then like six people hostages. You do the math and then it's like oh, mm-hmm. yeah, shoot this plane down. Oh, but then they add in a little layer on the trailer which I think was a little unnecessary because it spoils something. But that that like it's a bigger conspiracy. Like they say that in the trailer. Like it's not just about this hijacking. Yeah. I feel I feel like the bar's been set pretty high for like plane <laughs> action stuff this year by plane, the Gerard Butler movie. So, like I don't think I don't think, I don't think this is gonna be as crazy as that, but uh, it still it still looks uh kind of pretty like an interesting like maybe like thriller show. It's it's gonna be a mini mini series. Uh, I don't think they've said how many episodes it's gonna be, but uh, it'll be on Apple TV Plus in the end of the next month. I hope the movie, I mean I hope the show doesn't just jump straight into the negotiation. I kind of want there to be some of the corporate world that you mentioned, or like where it comes from. I wonder if that time thing is going to factor in because like the trailer keeps saying like oh like hours to hours to destination or whatever. Like oh. if it's if it's gonna be like twenty four where it's like each episode is like an hour or something or each because uh, it's like a seven hour flight if it's like a seven if, or if it's like a seven episode show or something. Yeah, that's a that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Basically, how we get our twenty-four back. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last year this week is we got the trailer for the flood, which is uh, kind of combining two different genres. There's like the like kind of like police station under siege genre that we saw in like. I saw on pre six thirteen or like uh, speaking of Gerard Butler, Cop Shop last year, the Joe Carnahan movie, 
with like uh you know creature attack like def- definitely like crawl is basically the, the, the most recent example but it's what? basically crawl crawl was like the like where like it was like uh in like the basement of the house it was like flooding and then like uh kaya scatellario from like the, like the, like the last pirates movie and like some other stuff was like had to, like like figure out a way to like get out of the house because there's like alligators swimming around in the basement. Oh, I thought I tried that. It was like not a real movie for some reason. Yeah, I mean that that, that was yeah. If you haven't seen Crawl? Check it out. It's 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 it was actually a pretty fun, solid like creature movie. Uh, and uh, the flood is basically fine. Yeah, so it's it's basically a police station. That is uh, being flooded during like a big massive storm, but then alligators get in. So then you got the cops and the, and the uh, prisoners having to, like kind of work together to like not be devoured by alligators. <laughs> and it stars uh, Nikki Whalen, uh, Casper Van Dien, and uh, Louis Mandelore. And it, it it looks like it could be some like sh- you know some schlocky fun like 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 like, like cop shop meets crawl like just like just like uh, like people get like always like people get divided by alligators which is always a good time also or it's like it's like hard rain or something it's like you know like yeah hard rain but all one location yeah and then there's alligators because there was that would if if, if hard rain was missing anything it was alligators (laughs) or some sort of creature well weren't they like were they in louisiana for hard rain yeah I think it was yeah, it was definitely it was somewhere in the south where they the get like bayou. hurricanes, yeah. And then they just totally didn't have wildlife. But uh, yeah, so the flood's gonna be uh, July fourteenth, uh, in theaters and on video demand, so you can check it out either way uh, when that comes out. And then uh. Actually, kind of keeping it in trailers, but we've gone to like video game trailers. Um, there was a big PlayStation showcase this week uh, that showed off a bunch of uh, a ton of games, and uh, definitely the biggest thing was that they had a big like ten minute long gameplay uh, reveal for Spider-Man Two, which I think is a game that we, uh, we're both highly anticipating, Chris. Mm-hmm. So the show, yeah, they showed uh, uh, Craven, who's gonna be the main villain, who is. Uh, Coming to New York to get like you know, get like get the ultimate prey, which includes Spider Man, the Spider both Spider Men, Miles and Peter, and the Lizard who was real this this uh, trailer as well. And uh, they they showed off kind of like the what the the gameplay is going to be where it's like you you will you'll switch between Peter and Miles for like different segments so like you'll play as Peter and then like. Oh, I'm like I'm not gonna be able to get across the city in time, so I'll call Miles and have him do it, and then you switch to Miles. But I think this I think this says it's not gonna be it, it it will not be it won't be co-op. It's gonna be like just like you switch. It's, it's, it seems like more like oh. yeah, like GTA Five. I don't think you can do it. I, I'm not sure you can do it at will. But it's gonna be like like certain. It's gonna be like it's just because then the gameplay reveal it pops up to like switch to Miles and press Square. So yeah, it, uh. GTA did that for certain missions, and then when the game flips for a few times, it wasn't at will until the end of the game. Well, yeah, because it was like you, you like GTA Five, you like you slowly met each each of the three characters, then you could and it's like, oh, you you've played all three of them now, you now you can switch between any one you want. 
but I mean, it looks like it looks like the same great like action, like that, like that crazy like river like ch- chase piece looked amazing. Uh, Peter's in the black symbiote suit. And it so doesn't got... remind me of Wubba Shadow. <laughs> and that game never die. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so Peter's got all kinds of new like symbiote powers. He's also like way more angry, so he's like it's like really like taking people down, like beating them down. And then Miles has a bunch of new powers. Um, yeah, I mean, it, look, it looks great. Uh, I mean, both both the previous games have been amazing, so I have no doubt this is going to be amazing. And it's going to be uh, this fall on PlayStation 5. It's going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive, so you might, if you haven't gotten a PlayStation 5 yet, you might need to start looking into one if you want to play Spider-Man 2. And I know the other the other huge thing they revealed was uh, the trailer for Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, which is a remake in the vein of like Resident Evil 2, 3, 4, uh, res- like Capcom. Yeah, like it's a remake of the uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, which is it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be interesting to see like. I mean, the trailer looked great, but I mean, it was just like a CG trailer. But like, how like can they do it without Kojima? Because obviously he is not at Konami. And the last the last game like Metal Gear game without uh, Kojima was the, I think a lot of people would consider like one of the worst games ever made. Metal Gear Solid Survive. Oh yeah. Uh, like I did not play it. I just saw it, and then the more I learned about it, the more I hated it. Yeah. Uh, this. I have a little bit of hope for just because I feel like they learn from their mistake, but if they don't, then they're just never gonna make Metal Gear Solid games. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hope I mean, hopefully, if it's even like half as good as like, you know, the Resident Evil remakes have been, then it should be pretty good. <laughs> and they're also, and I mean, they're also like also uh, fully like remaking Silent Hill Two, so Konami's already like working on one of these. So then this would be the second <sighs> one of like what they're they're like. Pr- big like properties that gets like a a full a big remake. Remake. but, but yeah. that's the problem it's like they they're doing both at once and silent hill 2 some people had doubts that it'll be any good like there's some people with legitimate claims that it feels like a rush job just to kind of cash in a nostalgia and without the risk of making a good new version a new like game mm-hmm. uh this they're doing it like ultra safe but i kind of prefer they just redid metal gear well, they are. They're, they're, there's a new collection coming with like I don't. It's not. Re, they're not remakes, but like they're like like I think probably remasters, and you get all three of the original games, and like get one, two, and three, in a, in a, a new collection. Eh, I'm okay with collection. You know, I, I I just want a remake of the first Metal Gear, just so I can play that game and picture another another full remake because we got like was it Twin Snakes was a remake. No, no, that's Metal Gear Solid. I'm talking about Metal Gear. Oh, Metal Gear, like the like the NES game. Yeah. Give okay. Me that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I want Metal Gear because it's like, as much as the people talk about Solid, that's what people kind of knew the franchise, but I knew it from Metal Gear, and it's like, it's rough to play. Mm-hmm. Especially the NES make of it. If you play the MSX version, it's you go, wow, these are two different, slightly two different games, but. Like, I played the port of it, and it's just like, oh, I kind of wish this story was told with what we know now from 
the Kojima storytelling and all that? Can we start piecing things together so it's coherent? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play Metal Gear Solid Five? I played a little bit of like the uh, what was like the separate like prologue thing. Like, oh, like, was it Ground Zero? Was... Oh, no, Ground Zero. I played I played that a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, not to spoil it, but like you know, it ties in when it all it comes full circle to some degree. That's why it's like, oh, the only thing missing for the whole complete package in the the modern storytelling of it is if they remake Metal Gear now. Mm-hmm. That takes place 10, maybe 10 years after the events of uh, Phantom Pain. So, you know, I want that. So we're going straight back into the Big Boss era. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just saying, we've been... Playing the Big Boss era for the last eight years now, maybe more. I wonder who they're gonna get to voice, uh, like Big Boss in this in this one. Because uh, are they gonna get Kiefer back, or like are they gonna try to get David Hayter back? Would David Hayter even want to come back if he was not there? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the relationship's like now. Yeah. Get Michael Ironside totally screw with people. <laughs> like... But yeah, so yeah, Microsoft Delta is uh, I like I don't think they even said a date. It's coming soon. <laughs> so people just said it's not a pachinko game. Yeah. At least, at least yeah, at least Konami's making games again. Because there was a time where it was just like, well, like, are they ever gonna make it? <laughs> ever gonna make games again? But yeah, so the, the, those were the big, definitely the biggest thing, and then like lots of like other, uh, uh, t- like bunch, bunch of other PlayStation stuff to get excited about for the rest of this year and beyond. And uh, we also got news this week that Movie Pass is officially back. Like a zombie, um, it, it you can try to uh, get you know it's pay pay to see movies again. So it is now available. You can go to their site. You can uh, sign up for your new Movie Pass card, and uh, it's going to work in four thousand theaters around the U.S., including AMC and Regal and Cinemark. Uh, which like AMC was like way like the. AMC was so against Movie Pass like originally that they that's why they made like their like uh like a- stuffs A list yeah. <laughs> but apparently, but apparently they don't mind this this, uh, this new Movie Pass. So it's going to be there's four different tiers of Movie Pass. The new one, uh, there's one that starts at ten dollars a month all the way up to forty dollars a month. Um, and the ten dollar a month one you get to see one to th- one to three movies. And I think it's based on like a credit system. So like you earn credits and then you like use those credits to, like get tickets. Um. So that like that's that's like depending on how many you know, credits you get, that's how many like free movies you get. I think is how it works. And I think you get credits for like watching ads or like doing other things in the app. <laughs> like. What really? Yeah, I think so. And then it goes up to like the the forty dollar a month is you could potentially see up to thirty movies a month. Uh, one one a day, 
Um, they're all they're all 2D screens. You can't use Movie Pass this new Movie Pass right now for 3D or IMAX or anything like that. It's just, just regular theaters for all. It doesn't matter what the planet is. And uh, yeah, and it's it's based on Mastercard, so it's basically anywhere. If any of the theaters accept Mastercard, should accept the Movie Pass. And your, your Movie Pass, your Movie Pass card is gonna be like a Mastercard debit card, basically. Did you did you you, you did you, you never did it when like originally? I never did it. Did you? Yeah, I yeah I did like that year like like the first like like a couple months of like when we pass launched that like ten dollar month like unlimited let's go nuts plan was probably like one of the best like, one of the best like movie going like years of like ever because it's just like yeah it was like it's just like you, just, you go see whatever you wanted you you could see like 10 movies a day if you wanted like it didn't matter like it, there's no limits like any theater like i was yeah i was just i was just, I was just going like crazy just like all right i'll see this <laughs> like i'll see this i'll see this that was back when they had like good movies too. It was it, like it, it, when it, uh, it was like Mission Possible uh, Follow. Wasn't that a movie you couldn't see? That was when they started like we found out later because they basically had ran out of money and they like, could not couldn't afford like the servers. They had like figured out the money to keep the servers going. But yeah, they were like it was like I figured they like blacked out Mission Possible Fallout or or it was like oh it's uh, currently unavailable. Your theater's booked up, or like they, they, they give us a, or they, just, or they just like kick people out of the app and said the app wasn't available. But yeah, basically by that point, like whatever, like in like June or July of like whatever year that was, like like 2018 or whatever, <laughs> like uh, they were yeah, they basically had no money. <laughs> and then after that, they started doing like uh. You had, you had to take pictures of your receipts, and you had to like, uh, you were like, you were like restricted to like, you couldn't, you, you can only see like, uh, certain movies, certain, right, yeah, basically after Fallout came out, it was like they, that, that's when it started going downhill of like, oh, now we're now we're being restricted, we're like, it's like the all you can eat buffet is gone now. Wow, yeah, I remember it falling apart because it, it was like. I remember around the time they did the schedule where it was free for like these hours and you had to go there that day. Like you couldn't book ahead. And they started, they started doing it like, Oh, you can only see this movie in certain theaters. And yeah, it was, they're trying to, they're basically trying anything they could to like stop. Cause they, they, they basically had to start, try to stop like the people who were like going to like a movie a day, like the power users. Cause like, <laughs> I saw like one a week. That was like, I, I, I like, that was like, I wasn't going totally crazy, but there were. There were like, I mean, that's normal, but I'm saying like, yeah. Even then, the average moviegoer is like me who sees a movie like once every uh two months, maybe. Well, it was. I mean, it was insane because it was like if you see two movies, you're paying ten dollars a month. If you see two movies, you're already you're, it's already paid for itself for that month, and then anything else over that is like you're just like they're basically movie pass is basically giving you money to, to like go to the movies. Yeah. Like you have to see at least two movies like a month to get your money yeah. worth. And uh, Regal's doing that. Regal has a version <laughs> like that. Yeah. Where they All... do like an unlimited for uh, a certain amount, so you see two movies. It's like nineteen dollars uh, a month. So you see two movies a month, you really get your money. Like, 
Maybe it's more than maybe it's like two movies every three months or something like that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying it, it like gives you two unlimited movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I'm looking at the like I'm just on the list like the there's site to like showing all the movie theaters. Yeah, a lot of AMC. If you have an AMC next to you and you don't want to pay for Stubbs A list, which I don't know what the I, I don't know which one's the best deal. I mean, I, if you're going to AMC all the time, I'd say by Stubbs A list is the, the better deal. Yeah, but I would say that just because A list is actually not bad if you do see a, if you you know see a lot of movies. But yeah, lots of like Cinemarks and Regals and like the big if if you if you if you're going to big chains a lot, uh, there is a lot of uh like uh like movie passes like of like you can use it in like most all of all those so but uh yeah i I'll, I'll probably, i'm definitely going to wait and see <laughs> see how this goes i'm not i'm not like itching to jump back in to movie pass you want to give them your money like you did last time well, I feel like you got your money's worth from what. Oh, I, I definitely got my money's worth when it was like the crazy, like, like all you can, like, eat, like, plan. But uh, yeah, you can go, to, you can go to movepass.com, and if you want to sign up, you can check out what the plans, and if you want to try it out, it's, it's, it's uh, it's out there right now. Just time for Memorial Day weekend, so. And then last bit of news this week is we got some news out of Cannes because uh, the Cannes Film Festival is going on. Like a lot of people, like, tons of movies are getting bought. Uh, one of the movies that jumped out that, for being bought was uh, Ice Road 2, uh, Road to the Sky, which is the sequel to the Liam Neeson Netflix movie, uh, action movie. Does it star Liam Neeson? I believe Liam Neeson is back, yes, uh, as his character, um, Mike McCann. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the big, the big news is that it's Amazon prime video has bought the rights, the, uh, the international rights at least. So it, uh, like outside of the U S uh, it'll be a, like an Amazon movie. Uh, it won't be on, it won't be a Netflix movie. And they, they got those rights for $17 million. Okay. Seems like a lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot for a, uh, like, yeah, the sequel to, like, a, uh, like, Netflix, so pretty, pretty well, like, like, people were like, eh, that was fine, that was, fi that was a decent, medium decent movie. <laughs> but apparently, apparently this new one is that, um, he, so, the is back, he travels to Nepal because his brother, like, his his brother, who I think died in the first movie, spoilers, um, wanted to be buried uh, or have his ashes scattered on like Mount Everest. So, so like Liam Neeson gets on a bus to like that goes up to like it's like the road to the sky. That's what's called like to go up to, like like near the like into like the, like the Himalayas, and then a group of uh, like Nepalese mercenaries take over the bus, and then he has to like basically like die hard them like start fight, like, fight them and not, like save the the passengers so it's, so it's even crazier than the first movie which is already crazy with like uh like you know, like mercenaries trying to like 
kill his ice road truckers. Now he's now he's basically in like uh, Far Cry Four or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He just has he's there for other reasons, and then yeah. it's not even that they're there to kill him. He just happens to be on the same bus. Oh, it's interesting. Wasn't Ice Road? Because I saw parts of it, but uh, wasn't it that he had a team with him, not just himself? There was. It was. It was him. And Lawrence Fishburne and uh, a man like uh, Aaron Midthunder from Prey, and they because it was like a it was like a convoy of trucks. They had like they had to, they had to bring like a uh, like this special like drilling or like uh, yeah like drilling equipment to this mine because this mine collapsed and they had, like they had to drive this mining equipment to the mine or to like rescue the miners. And then there was like the evil like corporate like. Uh, like CEO of the company like wanted them to fail because it was like it was like their their like negligence they got it through yeah like because like their negligence caused the, the cave in so it's like well and the miners like figured it out so it's like oh if, if they get rescued they'll tell everyone that we're like our company's horrible and so we need like we need to like kill them, make sure they die and then they then like yeah he hired like a like he hired like a group of like like mercenaries to, like try to kill like because there's like guys on like like a uh, like snowmobiles like, like trying to like, kill them and stuff like yeah i just got like crazy like so but yeah if you're a fan if you're a fan of uh liam neeson that movie yeah he'll, he'll be back um <laughs> and uh if you're outside the u.s you can watch it on prime video does that mean it's off netflix the first one then I think well, I think I think the same. I think Amazon had the same deal for the first one. I think Netflix had the U.S. like the domestic rights, like United States and Canada, and then Amazon had like the U.K. and like international rights. So I think they just, pay, they just like basically paid for the rights that they had before. I, it seems it seems like maybe Netflix will like keep it like will have it again unless, unless Amazon buys like the entire rights and like buys like all the rights to like globally or something. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just see. Uh, it's it's coming sometime. Uh, I think it's being written right now, or uh, they're working on it right now. So, and uh, they'll do it for news this week. So I jump into show and tell. And uh, Chris, you and I both watched 2003's The Italian Job for our latest Everything Action commentary, which is up on the site right now. You can download that and watch The Italian Job with us. Celebrating its uh, 20th anniversary, because it came out in May 2003, and it also it also kind of tied into Fast and the Furious a little bit, like Fast X, because you know the Italian Job co-starred Charlize Theron and Jason Statham, who are both you know Fast Fast and Furious regulars, and then uh, it was directed by F. Gary Gray, who directed Fate of the Furious. So yes, yeah, so, some some crossover with uh, Fast and Furious, so we can we got a little bit of tie in there yeah uh, it, it's definitely like people were cautious about it even we were because I think the original is very well known and it, it was an era of like reboots that kind of kick started off like remaking famous uh, like action movies 
Well, there's a lot of like TV movie, like movies with TV shows. And then, yeah, then, yeah, then they started like kind of like yeah, looking at like older movies and like, what could we, what could we make <laughs> like 60s and 70s movies? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Michael, the Michael Caine version is like, yeah, definitely like a, like a classic, like a cult classic. Like there's like so many like iconic lines and like the opening is like famous because like this like crazy POV shot for like an entire song and the, the, uh, the like the little, little like cliffhanger ending. Which but uh, I, you you would think they'd get resolved in a remake or something to kind of <laughs> tie in the series. Just nope. But uh, I mean, the two thousand three version though is like a very solid like heist action movie. Like it's not like it it doesn't like it doesn't like like recreate anything. Like it doesn't do anything like totally crazy original or anything or like inventive. But like if you just want a solid heist movie with like some cool like practical stunts and some cool like Mini Coopers driving around places they shouldn't be. Like it, it it's it's fun. Yeah. Like a with like a, a great cast who are like weirdly oh, like a I diverse feel like, cast. They yeah. I feel like every character felt like a different character. They weren't just, you know, Jason Statham with hair and Jason Statham <laughs> with a wig, you know, or, or like oh, with a hat. Like they they felt yeah. like um this is a crew. I feel like I feel like you mentioned in the like commentary though, but like, um, especially like Mark Wahlberg and uh, Jason Statham, I feel like they're like they're like being like a little bit restrained or like they weren't like unleashing their full like Stathamness or Wahlbergness, like because like Mark Wahlberg feels like he's like really trying to like like restrain his like Boston accent, like he's not going full Wahlberg. Yep. And then Jason, and then Jason Statham is like not like also kind of like more restrained than normal. Yeah, there there was a degree of like, uh, like character, like they try to be other characters. Yeah, and I mean, for Mark Wahlberg, that, that probably took a lot of restraint because he's still bled in. I'm just like you could have told me this is from another movie. Like, there's so many things about his character that like we just don't know. Besides the beginning, that you smooth, he's an operator. He's like yeah, he's and like then, a tactical like a tactical genius. Like Yeah. But then we don't know like his history, we don't know like his previous experience. It's just sort of like, yeah, I'm just good. Like he seems <laughs> like he was always in charge. And that that's something that is a Mark Warburg thing. There's no lurk curve. The only time there is a difficulty was when they're trying to fake being the cable company. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything else was smooth. Like you know, like <laughs> I do. It wasn't I, really I, do I do. I do love. I do love that. Like, they, yeah. So they they have to, like they're trying to like get like Edward Norton, who's like the bad guy. They're trying to like like br- like break into his home so they can like they can like get like a, the layout of his house because they want to like break into his house and get like get the safe that he has that like might have the gold he stole from all of them. They spent a lot of time in that act. Yeah, and then but then like obviously like, like as most heist movies do, like something goes sideways and then it's like, uh. Like Charlie Theron was like undercover, like trying to like undercover like a, like the cable technician. The but it, it, cable technician. <laughs> well, it was it was crazy because like they had like another like it was like another like supermodel esque like cable technician like that like they're like well you you need to infil- like just infiltrate her like take we'll take her uniform and you can like infiltrate as her <laughs> but it's like it's like it's like cable companies like Los Angeles like full of just like like models <laughs> like go like do like cable work. The beautiful, uh, hardworking people 
with uh, blue, like white collar jobs, blue collar jobs, I guess. Yeah, blue collar jobs. Yeah. Doing service gigs in LA. I get it. It's LA, but it's this fantasy, ultra fantasy LA. Yeah. And then like Edward Norton asks her on a date, and then they try like they they basically like, oh yeah, we'll, you like we'll set him up on a date, and then we'll we'll like. Like, don't we'll like set him up and then we'll go back into his house and then like there's like a they can't do what they want to do so then they they send Charlie Stern to the date anyway but then they like my favorite part is they all of them just show up they're like ha we're here like, just like eat the crap out of them there they totally blow their they totally blow their element of surprise which yeah. I think they, I think they mentioned at one point like oh like the one thing we have going is that he thinks we're dead and then they just they just, like blow that advantage they do but that then, really quick. But then also it might have been part of the plan because it's like a high school. It's like, it's like, oh, I had that plan, but that was like, I was like, I was thinking, I was thinking you would think that I would do that. So I'm going to do this, but then you, you think I would do that. So I'll do this. Like it did become a Rick and Morty son of a bitch. I'm in moment. Yeah. Especially the, the end where like Edward Norton's just like, oh, he's going to, he's doing this. So we got, we got to go we'll head over here. And then, the, oh, that's how he's doing. We got to do this. Like, Oh, the, the, the what was it Pepsi truck? The Pepsi blue truck. Yeah, I forgot to use that in the the promotional piece to say yeah, like this movie, the vital. Oh, go, go ahead, Chris. I say like a, the important vital piece to the heist was the Pepsi blue truck. Well, it was crazy because it was just like, oh, this is just like product placement. But then yeah, it like it plays a pivotal plot point of like that's how they like us like like. It, that drops down to like hide the like the truck that they just stole or like blew through the like the street like the Pepsi blue billboard drops off this truck. Yeah, not yeah. even in a um like oh it, hey that happened to be a truck like it was strategically placed there. Yes, to show the, like the Mark, Mark Wahlberg and his, Mark Wahlberg and his crew like f- specifically found that truck that was like advertising Pepsi blue and rigged that like billboard to crash down so it would hide the hole they like blew in the like out was under the street. Well, now I'm wondering, uh, did they find a Pepsi blue truck, like, abandoned? Like, hey, <laughs> no one's buying this product. Or did they happen to, like, steal a Pepsi blue truck and blend it in because Pepsi blue was insanely popular? Uh, let me tell you, in 2003, Pepsi blue was not popular. I mean, that, 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 that was, like, probably, I mean, it was 2002 to 2004 it was when it lasted. So it was right, right in the middle of, like, it's, like, lifespan. That was the peak. Yeah, that might have been the peak. They had like whatever. Uh, I forget what it was. It was like uh, their website had like uh, like it was like Papa Roach or something on the on their like website. You could like go and like listen to, like these like new metals bands and like yeah, we're gonna be at like Ozfest or whatever. <laughs> like Pepsi this Blue is never gonna Blue. die. Yeah. Spike up your hair. Yeah. Save enough Pepsi points to get a chain wallet. <laughs> like. Yeah, this detail job, two thousand three detail job is very two thousand early two thousands. <laughs> like the soundtrack, like the constant, like Seth Green saying, like constantly talking about how he invented Napster, like he's the true creator of Napster. Also, did did you notice that the movie lacks like a real soundtrack besides one or two songs with lyrics? The rest is just generic, like. 
it's it, yeah, it's know, house it, techno. How yeah, it's very like two thousand early two thousands, just like bam, 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 like almost like royalty free music. Yeah. I think there was a joke like uh, back in the day, like Giant Bomb was like when they used to watch like like the like e like the old like demo discs, like Xbox demo discs and like E3 stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like a, they went they like had a disc from like like that era, and it was like every single trailer was just like the same like literally the same song, just like playing, just like the, like same generic, just like house techno like drum and bass stuff. Like yeah, it's hypnotic, that just, but that was, that was just the sound of the era. But uh, yeah, it it's fun. Um, definitely, it's it's on Paramount Plus or Showtime. You can like you can grab there, and uh, sync up the commentary with with it and uh, watch along with us. And uh, Chris, you see anything else besides uh, the Italian job? Yes. Uh, to kind of counteract all that action we witnessed, I went hard into the like kind of dark comedy horror. Okay. And I watched the Reanimator movies, uh, specifically the first two in the 80s to 90s era of Reanimator. Uh, the 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 amazing Jeffrey Combs uh, playing uh, Herbert West's Reanimator, a modern take on the classic H.P. Uh, Lovecraft version, and. I did not know it was a H.P. Lovecraft story as a kid. I just kind of understood this franchise it's, as yeah, it's, a it's a very it's old a, thing. It's a very loose adaptation. And it's hard to go back because I, I still don't know what the original ad- reanimator is. I think it's just a person with like a miracle. Well, I think I think it's I think, I, I think there's still a serum, um, but like it's definitely like it's like much more like you know like. He's in like medical school, and then it's like, uh, I think it's more like Victorian or like early like 1900s style, and like he's like paying like great robbers like steal bodies for him, and mm-hmm. well, this one I I think because I grew up with the Reanimator series, like this version, uh, I've seen bits and pieces, but I it's been a long, long time since I watched like sat and watched them through. And, uh, yeah, definitely the first two movies are a perfect example of that adult humor and gore that they really don't make quite as well these days. It's it can't be when it needs to be. It's bloody and gross when it needs to be. And it feels like, at times, it almost feels like a trauma movie because of how, like, basic the makeup and what they need to do with what they have feel. Uh, they put together, but it's just like a perfect like eighties campy low budget movie that doesn't feel too low budget until you see like the flaws. Like the first movie has that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for those who haven't seen this, uh, it's just about a medical student named Herbert West who um, invents a serum that brings back the dead or can do these, like, horrific side effects if you take it, which they don't explain in any other series, but I think, like, in this movie, they sort of use it. It's never, like, brought up as a a problem. Because Herbert West takes a few, like, 
injections of a serum so he can stay awake and keep his body going and and just like keep experimenting um i thought that would come back like i kind of forgot that was a thing it, he treats it like a drug habit but yeah it's just well like he never brings it up again for the rest of the movie or in the sequel it just hey you inject the like the the like this glowing goo in you and he's like yeah i use it as caffeine basically so okay there's other properties to the goo. Uh, but the idea is that he can reanimate, the, the special serum can reanimate dead tissue. Well, primarily he can reanimate um, brain activity. They kind of do explain the science a little bit. Yeah. Where if the, whatever the sample is, is fresh enough, you can reshape the brain, like the brain pattern. So that I think that was interesting idea and then it's Herbert West is trying to challenge the uh I guess the notion of like conquering death and what really is like the like can you bring back someone from the dead uh and the first two movies do explore that and it's fun it's I mean it's interesting because Herbert West does have like a sound argument at times where he mentions that like, he's not becoming a god, but he's defying the rules of science that God set forth. Like, it, you know, like, the way he says it, it's sort of like mad... It's definitely a madman, like, motto. But I kind of get it. You know, I kind of understand where he's coming from, where it's like, oh, why can't we rewrite life? Like, who says we can't? In the second movie, though, they one character who happens to be religious sort of says something, and it's just like, all right, and it's just tossed aside. But in the first movie, no one counters him. It, it, there's no, there's besides um, the the guy he ropes in, uh, played by Bruce Abbott, who happens to be another medical student in Arkham in Massachusetts. Who um, that's where Herbert just gets a residency in, and then there it's a learning hospital, which is uh, interesting because. It, it a lot, like basically Herbert West and this other guy are supposed to be I don't know like their twenties. They do not look like they're in their twenties. Like Jeffrey Combs looks like he's been forty forever. So it, it's weird because I can remember this is an era where there wasn't really any reliable twenty-year-old actors. So everyone's an older actor playing younger people. But then uh, you have a villain in this. And that was uh, uh, Dr. Carl Hill, played by David Gale. And he is a Christopher Lee knockoff. Like, he just has the look and the build and the voice that it just, like, if Christopher Lee needed, like, a stunt double or a stand-in, this guy was it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Dr. Carl Hill, I, again, don't know the original source material, but he has the power of hypnotism. It's implied. They show you a lot of visual kooky stuff, but they don't explain how he's good at it. His powers don't make any sense because he doesn't do anything that's different. He just looks at you, and then certain characters get hypnotized. And so uh, Dr. Hill has a like a creepy crush on uh, Bob Abbott's character's fiance, uh, Daniel Kane. Uh, so the fiance is Megan Halsey, who uh, I didn't realize I've seen her in a lot of other things. It was one of those like connections where I've seen her in movies, 
she's been in a lot of like comp like campy horror movies like puppet master and then uh what else like creep show and uh into the dark series mm-hmm. and hulu so it's one of those like oh oh like this is her it's like one of her early breakout roles that just allow her to be a, a, gore, a horror girl where she screams she gets topless she is trying to be the voice of reason to everyone but yeah she she does a lot in the in this movie where um pretty much where jeffrey combs and 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 bruce abbott they play like scientists getting kind of exploring further further into science she plays the person who is like guys like i don't know what we're messing with but we have to stop and it's getting out of control uh, but she doesn't, her reasoning is just like, don't do it. You know, there's no like, you shouldn't do this. It's just like, I think this is a bad idea. And it, get, it does get kind of annoying, but it's supposed to be like purposely, you know, it, she's supposed to be, out of everyone everyone we're meeting, she's the grounded person. Because you basically have a mad scientist, uh, creepy old man, and then you have two guys who are just, I don't know, injecting whatever they can get their hands on that has freshly died to bring back to life and it goes horribly wrong all the time uh and i get it it's like they don't quite know what they're they just got to that point of the research of the serum where the whatever they bring back hasn't exploded because in the first opening act herbert's original formula just explodes this dead person so they sort they don't really explain the science behind why they're refining it but they're just kind of like uh, her like Herbert West gets very into injecting it and just taking notes. And there's this fun thing about him where he's like, when he sees all the weirdness, he just he started making comments and telling it, telling um, his assistant guy to make a note of it. And then like, hey, like we should probably fix this, blah blah. Later on, we got to run another experiment. So he played Jeffrey Combs plays that role perfectly. The the min, maniacal science guy who disregards humanity and is all about the pursuit of understanding the science. And it, it's one of those things where it starts with him trying to uh, get get there first, to, to pretty much prove everyone wrong. And then it kind of goes into the, I, I want to be the best, and I also want to be the first. Because uh, he's worried that Carl Hill, the other doctor, is going to just take the formula and claim it as his own. And then it's a weird idea for this guy to do that because he doesn't quite understand how it works. But he's like, well, I should kill everyone else that knows about this and then just do my own freaky stuff. But the thing is, what Herbert West did wasn't even controllable. It was sort of just like, I don't know. Let's just keep, you know, it's an experiment. So don't who knows what the weird side effects there are like i guess i i don't know the more i say it out loud the more i'm like oh i get it they're supposed to be like the same kind of crazy guy where they're not like this isn't ready but at least herbert's trying to keep his secret carl hill is trying to clean the house at the same time and steal this formula but i don't know it, it, it just seemed like a bad idea for a smart guy Herbert West makes sense where he's a Minago guy, but Carl Hill just sort of gets evil for like because you know like there's no motivation. He hasn't even been doing the try. He doesn't even have his own version of the formula. Mm-hmm. 
So the first movie plays around. There's some, again, you see the movie for great effects and the silly story and the just the bloodiness at the end. And the movie does reward you. The third act is just, like, let's throw all the pseudoscience out the window. Let's just throw as much special effects and, like, silly slapstick fights as much as the money can last. And that does, like, a fun job. Especially when, if you think about how, like, if you see the movie, it's all slow in the middle. This just kicks into high gear. And now you're basically playing, like, a Resident Evil, like, mashup cutscene. <laughs> so th- it's different. But then, the sequel, Bride of the Reanimator, it takes that slow burn, that that intensity out, and instead focuses in on that last third act of explosions and, like, I don't know, action. And that's the opening act. Like, that's how the movie starts. So, this movie takes place, in in reality, this is five years after the release of Reanimator. Bride of the Reanimator, it's supposed to be set eight months after the events, after this massacre that happens where there's a lot more dead people that would have were dead and then like are back again and then are dead again. And everyone seems to move on in a weird way that is just like, I don't think enough time has passed where the community and the hospital this took place in and like all these like mystery things that just like why did this happen are just never answered and everyone's okay with it in fact herbert west and uh daniel kane they left for eight months and then they're back again and they got their jobs back plus i think they got even to a higher role like they're no longer students they're just doctors there so a lot of questions like when you think that the new guy that shows up everything goes to hell he leaves to peru with his with the other doctor and then comes back and then you're like oh everything's back to normal nope there's more weird stuff happening in the hospital where uh herbert and and daniel kane have been stealing body parts like slowly cutting up dead body parts to bring back to their new home which is a old cemetery which i don't think you can just live in an old cemetery but they do uh they uh, well apparently they live in a house next to an old cemetery an old abandoned cemetery so they're able to get even more crazier experiments and private like you know practice and have like this really big basement that doesn't make any sense like well they excavate it but it leads into a medieval crypt like you know what i mean like it just seems like a uh, huh this cemetery is weird why would they build like a medieval crypt like underneath this house and it's not even like oh they build a big tunnel they just like knock down like a fake wall and then suddenly they're just like oh that's like cobblestone for a crypt like what so i got a lot of excusable parts about it i don't know what's up with massachusetts but they just don't care you know like zombies came back and they're just like anyway like (laughs) check out the patrix game how about them those red Sox? like uh but the movie takes place now where the guilt of what happened is haunting daniel and but herbert's just like whatever you know they're they're actually having a good time herbert's just i feel like everything's working out well for him uh i don't think the sequel was originally going to be a sequel because the way reanimator ends herbert west looks like he doesn't live like he one of those things where like you just there's he just falls into like a, a cloud you know like it, you don't know what happens to him 
But in this movie, it picks up eight months later, and both Herbert and Daniel are, like, best of friends, and then they casually remark that um, Megan, the voice of reason, is just dead. You know, she didn't make... She didn't make it from the first movie. And the thing is, she plays... Her her character plays a vital role, where, not a spoiler much, but her heart is still kept well. And so now they're trying to do freaky science where they want to rebuild uh, Megan. They want to take all the body parts they've been stealing and to see if they can resurrect something uh, with all the different organs and see what happens. So... That really doesn't come to light until the halfway point, but that's the point of the movie, like, to get to the bride. Because if you don't, like, none of that is brought up until, like, you understand the goal. Because it's not like that was their goal initially, too. That sort of just happens. See, in the first act, it's just more like, I don't know, we'll just take body parts, we'll throw the goo on it and see what happens. (laughs) And it's like, all right, well, this finger and this eyeball became one entity, so cool. So there's some really great, like, stop work for that part, and then they just stop talking about that. Then there's a whole bunch of filler subplots that show up, where uh, a reporter from Peru, from Italy, uh, comes to Massachusetts for a job, and knows about Herbert and Daniel, because they were all in Peru in this, like, Doctors Without Borders camp, and she's hanging out in their house, their creepy-ass house, uh, and she kind of realized what's going on and says, like, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, this is wrong. And God's going to get mad. And that's where Herbert has his speech. Mm-hmm. Then there's a sub, another plot where a detective in Massachusetts is trying to find Herbert because his dead wife is back from the dead. And um, she's in a mental institution. I guess, I guess Herbert got to her. So, you know, and he let her go. So they've been experimenting for whatever time frame and letting their zombies go because they're just mentally unstable. And then uh, the, the, the uh, Carl Hill's alive, apparently. So David Kale's back, and he's just a head for most of the movie. Uh, so his big thing is that in the first movie, he gets decapitated, but... He's able to control his body, which doesn't make any sense, but okay. And then he still uses his head to hypnotize things because his mental pathology can still reach the undead. I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the movie falls apart for me on that end. And But in this movie, they just lean hard into that. Because now, uh, the head of Dave Carl Hill can, uh, like, tune in to other experiments that uh, Herbert's been working on, and he can just kind of remote control them or just give them suggestions to do, uh, like, his bidding. So, again, that's what I'm saying. This movie has way more action and way more, like, uh, like, intensity for the, like, zombie fighting than there is about mad science and the the struggle of should you or should you not do this. This movie leans hard on like, just keep doing it until it gets weird. And eventually, it does get to a point where they do make a woman. But they make basically, like, a Hellraiser woman. Like, you know, like, it, 
they did not spend time cosmetically well or graphing the right skin. They're just like, I don't know, does this look cool? All right, they just take body parts and they don't even have like all the skin and, and or like know how to staple things correctly. They're just like, it looks like a hot mess. But I'm surprised I haven't seen the bride reanimator in in anything. You know, like the costume design of it is very simple and it's just like super like eight, 90s like gothic and and just hard like it's you know like oh like i i definitely seen this movie before but no one's ever done like a cosplay or figurine or i mean maybe they've done a figurine i feel like this is something todd mcfarlane would have done as a one-off series but i uh i just totally forgot that this was a thing so going from this movie to the next movie without a um like breather you know, you could feel the tonal shift in this movie. This is, like, everything about the first movie that they didn't focus in on, just, like, focusing in on heavy. Like, comedy, the uh, the gore, the nudity is also kicked up a little bit. Like, if there's a woman in this movie, you're go- she's going to get naked for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, it's enjoyable. Um, I, I couldn't do the trilogy. I couldn't do... A uh, third one. I just like I was pooped out already. Uh, but that's definitely on my radar to see Beyond Reanimator. And I like I definitely was in the mood. You know, the Reanimator movies. I think you just need to be in the mood to watch like slapstick horror. And then in that level of Peter Jackson gore, mm-hmm. it gets really close because the the body effects aren't realistic by today's standards anymore. But it just has that like visceral like college student vibe and a lot of like corn syrup blood or whatever that they're using for blood stuff. You know, like it's a great like cinema, uh, like time capsule where by today's standard, this would have all been digital and they just go hard on the prop effect and trying to get, um, pre CGI effects in there. There is, a few terrible stop motion things happening, especially later on in the movie when they're trying to do like the body horror things, but it gets almost in that Gremlins 2 territory of yeah, they tried their best with what they got. You know, like this flying creature looks kind of weird when it, you really focus in on it, but you know, it's not like the main focus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's still fun. I definitely recommend it. I don't. I haven't not seen this movie at all on, on cable TV, so it's just one of those like you need to go hunt down a copy. You gotta best to watch with friends who either have seen it or haven't. You know, it's a great like um just horror night. It's like I, I'm again, I'm watching it like right before summer really kicks off the heat wave, but this is definitely like a re- revisit movie in the fall. Another thing, I think like. You need to watch the first movie. You know, you can't just jump. Reanimator, Brighter Reanimator cannot be the first Reanimator movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's my big Reanimator rant. <laughs> uh, I did watch Rogue 2, the Megan Fox Lion movie. Okay. I forgot I watched it because I just threw it on. Uh, but I saw, I enjoyed it. It, it, when you start looking at the plot, it falls apart, but uh, I think you talked about Rogue, right? Yeah, I saw it when I, like, around, I think when it, when it, it was on Hulu, or it's on, 
That's why it's I, on Hulu it's on now. Hulu. Yeah, I watched it on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed it, but it just it's also weird comedy, action comedy, and it doesn't know what it wants to be at times. Did you get that vibe? That it was like there's like weird comedic bits in it. Yeah, like out of place. I I don't mind it, but it's really distracting. Well, I know like uh, her like partner, like like the oh, like he's the guy just from, Deadpool. Yeah, the guy the guy from like uh, like uh, Law and Order. Yeah, he's in Law and Order, but he was in like uh, what's that? What's that? Like it was like that Cinemax show. Um, Strike back? Strike, strike, strike back. Yeah, it was him. It was him and Sullivan Stapleton were like the two dudes in Strike Back. Huh. And then, and then he was on uh, like Philip Winchester was on that like that one season like the Wesley Snipes show. Uh, the player, remember that? Oh my god, I kind of forgot about the player was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a fun actor. Like he looks like action hero guy, but I expect him to be the funny guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I remember he was just like constantly just like. Cr- like making like jokes. jokes or like commenting on it or be like well that just happened like yeah yeah i mean i don't mind him but he should be in a different movie mm-hmm. uh especially when like all most of like their teammates are start being picked off and he's still like cracking jokes and stuff i'm like what is happening but there's that thing where uh like megan fox trying to analyze the situation I know you don't watch New Girl, or you didn't really watch the season where Megan Fox is a New Girl. No. But she feels like she's a New Girl in this one. She has this <laughs> attitude of, was like, are you boys done? Like, stop making jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like the older sister, just sort of just like reprimanding her brothers. That's how it feels. And that's how New Girl is with her in it. Which, again, as a fan of New Girl, I was like, this is just her trying to like, like, Megan Fox can be funny. Like she's funny in New Girl in a in a like what's the what's the tone like a high school girl kind of way you know just sort of knowing that she is pretty but doesn't choose to focus in on it but that's Megan Fox you know I feel like that's uh well not these days she is a different woman by today's standards uh but in this era of her being a command like a militant like i think she was a navy seal or army ranger i think she was an army ranger who then became a mercenary mm-hmm. so i get it she is not used to not having control and then the craziness of the lion sort of changes situation but the the movie sort of tries to introduce like a third like a new plot at the end where you learn about like their the mission for this girl turns out to be like a facade for another thing, and then the movie just has no time to explain that. Like, did you did you get that part too? I mean, I saw this like. Or you remember ago, this? So okay. Well, so basically, at the end, the main villain explains that. They kidnapped this girl because her father is also like a arms dealer poacher guy, and it was just a like business tactic to do this to get the other guy to like back off the business of poaching lions and whatnot. 
Yeah, like they they bring that up and then they never resolve that. It's not even like super dramatic. It sort of just happens in this paragraph of of monologuing, and then we just the movie never focuses focuses back on that. Even when it ends, it's never like, oh, we gotta talk to your father about this, or like, oh, we need to figure out like how to get this to stop. They just sort of leave, like Megan Fox and the surviving people just leave, and they don't even say anything happy. Where it's like, oh, you know, then let's stop line poaching, blah blah blah, like. The director of the movie has a blurb where she quotes herself on the the need to stop lying poaching. Mm-hmm. And then it ends like that. And then I went online to double check what I hell I just read. And, you know, all, all this, like, backstory about this was insane. Um, Rogue is based on a short story that the director wrote based on a conversation she had with her daughter about saving, like, the wildlife in Africa. I have no idea what revisions it went through before it became a action movie with mercenaries and kidnapped girls and saving lives. You know, like, it just became, like, a... Like, I feel this... This movie does feel like it's three different movies in one. Mm-hmm. A, a pissed-off lion, a hostage negotiation rescue... Not even negotiation, a hostage rescue mission... And then a commentary on, like, Muslim, like, understanding? Because the main villain is, is, like, this Muslim cult. I say that not in just, like, an insult to religion, but because, like, this terrorist group shows up to Africa and then does terrible things to them in order to follow their very specific belief, but it's, like, very violent belief compared to the real, like, what it's based on, or, you know, thing. And even the main villain reveals that he actually doesn't give a shit about the religious aspect. He kind of does it just for the money. So, as I said, they introduce so much by the end of the movie, the third act, they're like, I feel like there's another act here that they just don't have time, or, like, they had to write this to, like, a plea something else that they had, they made a mistake in, you know? Like, this was the better take. So... For all I know, there could have been another version of Rogue where it's aliens or something stupid, like time travel, and they're just like, I don't know, we gotta really fix this. Have you seen Beast yet? Not yet. That's something like, on my I, list, too. I feel, yeah, I feel like you need to see Beast, like, get your, like the other, the other like, Lion movie, <laughs> other recent Lion movie. Well, I got, you said that, but that movie pretty much stays in its lane, where it's like, this guy fights a lion, that's it. There's no, like, crazy... Yeah, warlord involved or high speed I mean, chases there, there's there's some poachers but they're basically just there to like be like oh we need more bodies to throw this line <laughs> that's fine the, the poaching aspect is exactly what you need yeah for these movies you need like body count for the the line is basically just like a serial killer like he's just like a supernatural force and in rogue they do focus in on that but you're so distracted by the other part of the movie at least for me that i'm like oh right there's a loose line out somewhere and then they kind of treat the line as like a a slasher movie, you know, figure. And then they sort of joke about it. And I'm like, this line has murdered your friends. Like, you know, the joke character guy sort of just like, oh yeah, the lion's still here. You know, like he's mm-hmm. very nonchalant about everything that's going around with him. That I'm like, what is up with your life that you're okay with this? 
But yeah, this is my uh, pre-Memorial Day weekend movie watching. I'll probably have way more to talk about after Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. What about you, Zach? You catch that Flash finale? Yeah, I saw I saw a bunch of TV. Yeah, the series finale of the Flash, the end of the Arrowverse. It's it's officially over now because there's only like two DC shows left, and I don't think either of them are. Well, it's weird because like Superman Lois start like kind of start it felt like i think everyone was like oh this is in the Arrowverse," but then they like mentioned like last season they're like oh we're in a different universe so it's like oh, yeah. Superman Lois, is it so it, it's i mean i guess technically it is in the Arrowverse because it's an alternate universe but like it's not officially like you know the same earth as like all the other Arrowverse shows so they all they all uh you know like reasoning like the like the Arrowverse is uh officially over and uh i mean i I think I, I think I mentioned it, but like yeah, like the the flash like probably should have ended like a while ago because it hasn't been good. Uh, but I, I, I stuck with it just because like I was like pot committed to like seeing how it ended. I think like the whole the whole thing sh- the whole era should have ended with like Crisis on Infinite Earths because like just like they were never gonna top that <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. never gonna top that crossover. So and then it ended like the perfect way of, like and now it's a universe and then we're gonna keep going but like it's. <laughs> It's over. Yeah, they wrote themselves into a corner. Because because no one because no, none of the shows that like lasted after that were like knew what to do post Infinite Earths. They were just like, like we we just keep going. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, I mean yeah, season nine of the Flash, well, the final season was re- kind of biz- like definitely definitely bizarre. Um, it was shorter than normal, which was nice, but like it was also just like such a crazy mismatch of like it was like the first there's like the first arc of like the first five episodes was like they had to fight uh like red death who's like this another evil speedster but then it turns out like oh it's like an alternate someone from an alternate earth that's <laughs> like an like, oh, i another... know who red death is it was wasn't it like evil barry no it was well i mean spoilers but yeah it was uh it was evil batwoman from an alternate universe, who got like somehow got speed powers, and then she came Wait, to. Was it? Uh. It was. It was. Uh. The second was like. Uh. Javicia Leslie, like. Uh. The, the the second Batwoman. Oh okay. Not Ruby Rose. No. So that was like the first like five episodes. They did that arc, and then there was just a, a string of episodes that like, had nothing to do with anything. It was just like like all these like one offs. It was like. Like a Groundhog Day episode, then like an episode where it was like, oh, we're like we're like caught in like a time loop, and like we're like we're like we're like there's like a time thief that's like just like causing like weird stuff to happen like the, in like the the lab or whatever, and then there was like I mean probably the best episode I don't know I think this says like probably more about like <laughs> say the Arrowverse but like the best episode of the season was the one where Oliver came back for like an episode. Is he a time displaced version or something? Well, he was so he so obviously in. in Infinite Earths became the Spectre, so Oliver basically became like this like godlike cosmic being who like recreated the entire universe. But then, in this in this like episode where he came back for like 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 a, a day or something, it was like he he can come back if like the multiverse is in danger. So there's like a threat to the multiverse, so that he was able to come back and be like, I'm gonna I'll help you like stop this like threat to the multiverse, but I have to go back go back to like whatever dimension I exist in now. But that was like that was like easily the best episode of the whole season because it's like oh man remember arrow <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, remember the good remember when arrow was on it was good 
and then yeah, then it just like wrapped up with like this like kind of like another kind of weird alternate like universe timeline thing where they brought back uh they brought back Eddie from the first season. If you remember, like, and he like sacrificed himself to like stop Thawne because mm-hmm. he's like Eddie Thawne, so he's like the ancestor of Thawne. But then he can't like they, like he got resurrected because of the, like of like the negative speed force, and then he became like a he became a speedster, and he brought back all the other like evil speedsters, and that was like the whole thing for the last episode. So I mean, the last episode was fine. <laughs> There's like a ton of like you know like yeah, a ton of people came back. Obviously, like they had to. It, like they had to have Tom, like Tom, like Tom Cavanaugh come back for like last last episode, and like some other people you haven't seen for like, like they had like Teddy Sears, like the bad guy from season two, like Zoom came back and like oh. like. Are you still evil? Yeah, because it was it was all like the, it was all like it was like a team like all, all the evil speedsters like teamed up like Savitar, which was like you know voiced by Tobin Bell, but like was actually like an evil like Barry time remnant or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, that like, not a bad series finale, but like, the, like, yeah, the Flash just has not been the best since <laughs> like for a while. I feel like I feel like I feel like it peaked in like season one. <laughs> like that's like I like cause, like the first season was like so good of like they had because they had the whole reveal of like. Oh, Tom Cavanaugh is actually evil. It's like he's he's, mm-hmm. he's like he's Thawne, and that was like a big like this big twist. And they had like it had all the fun like it was like a fun just like oh it's this one off like we're just gonna fight like these random rogues and villains for like the first season to like the like back half where they actually like like, like got into like the like the arc. And then they just they just they just couldn't like they just it was it was just like you know the constant just like it's a new evil speedster who's not as good as Reverse Flash, but. We gotta, we can't just keep having him come back, I guess. <laughs> Although oh. they, 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 they can't like, have to come back anyway because they kept coming up with like, these like weird like, oh he like, right before he died he like put himself into like the negative speed force or like he's a he's from like the like like alternate universe the timeline or like he's like uh from the past or something. It's kept coming up with, like so, so weird ways of like Tom Cavanaugh like Thawne version, the one where like he looks like him, not the original Thawne. Well, that so that was like. So the original Thon, who's like, uh, like the actual like version of Thon, which I forget who the actor is that plays him, but like, he got stuck after like, after he killed Barry's mother, or uh, he like got stuck in the past, and then he went and killed. He he has some he, somehow he has the ability to, like to, like like t- like take people. I think he brought like a gadget from the future that let him like steal people's like steal someone's face or like become someone. So he he killed like the Harrison Wells from like the past. And, and like took his face so that he like blend in and like hide for like however long, because <laughs> and I think also because he knew like oh, uh, Barry Allen's gonna end up at Star Labs and I'll, and like gets help from like you know the Star Labs <laughs> folks like Doctor Wells and everything. So I'll become him and then I'll train him and then I'll train I'll train my nemesis and I'll kill him. So he's strong enough that I can get my speed force back from him. Yeah, I yeah. know that was the goal of season one. Yeah. <laughs> But then, but yeah, they, they, but then they brought back like Tom Cavanaugh kept coming back as as Thawne. But then also like, oh, I think like, Matt Lanter, I think, or no, uh, Matt Lencher is like the other the, like the other Thawne. Like he also kept coming back too. So it's like those two. Like it was, it was there's like two different versions of Thawne. And then like and then like 
like Matt Lencher was like good for a lot, like, like in a couple episodes, like last season, like it was like it was like a good version of him. But then like he like turned evil or like he got killed by like, like oh no, it was like Tom Cavan like burst out of him, like it was just like like it was just like like one of the craziest things that ever happened to Flash. But like like yeah, like it's like like because like that was like the reveal of like Thawne is back again, like the like the Tom Cavan Thawne, like he like just like burst out of this other guy, just like body Why horror did style. That happen? Yeah. Who knows? They, they they always had like some sort of like explanation. It was just always it just it just got more and more convoluted and crazy and like nonsensical. Like all there's like there's like multiple forces. It's like the negative force is like is like one force, but then like there's like the time force and like the like strength force and like and there's like avatars for each one and then. I, I got attacked out when they started getting lightsabers. That was like the end of like season seven, I think, or one of the one of the recent seasons. But yeah, that was yeah, that was like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, they're fighting. With, yeah, we're having like a like a Star Wars prequels level fight here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all, it's all wrapped up. Um, I don't, I I mean. <laughs> I don't know if it was worth it. <laughs> there, I mean, there was there, there was the first couple, like uh, the first two or three seasons of the Flash was like, or maybe the first four seasons were pretty good. And but I mean, it, it's I mean, it definitely when it was bad, it was bad. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, and this this last season was definitely like a weird mixed bag of like some some terrible episodes like really terrible episodes but also some like all right ones and then the ending was okay so i i don't know <laughs> it's, it's just a huge mixed bag overall but uh it is, it is kind of sad that the Arrowverse is now like 100 percent dead because for a while there it was like it was like really good like especially like like you know like season two two or th- two season two three of like arrow and then like when you had like uh, when like Legend started, when then like Supergirl came over, and the Flash was like in like the second or third season. But yeah, I think they, they yeah they just I think they Crisis on Infinite Earths was just like so like that was like such a big like that like that felt like a like that felt like the End Game like it was like Avengers End Game for the Arrowverse and it's like and then they they're kind of same situation where, like Marvel's is now where it's just like well we had this huge kind of like saga ending thing and now we're just kind of like we have to continue from that and like what do we do to continue that <laughs> where do we go from here yeah but uh yeah so i saw that uh i also saw the first two episodes of gremlins secrets of the mogwai which is on max when the, the actually the day it, the hbo max turned into max was when uh gremlins debuted it's a cartoon right it, 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 yeah it's an animated series it's a prequel it takes place in 1920 in Shanghai, and it's Sam Wing, who is Mr. Wing, like the old man from Gremlins. Uh, and this is basically like how he met Gizmo, and like they, and then they're they're on like an adventure together to like get get Gizmo back to like his his home. Because basically, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it works out. <laughs> well, because basically, because basically Gizmo and like the other Mogwai, because there are they introduce like other Mogwai, mm-hmm. they're like not like the evil like Gremlins ones that are mischievous. There's like other ones that are, are like Gizmo. And and they live in like this like you know, uh like magical valley outside like 
in like the Chinese countryside. But then Gizmo kind of gets separated from the because like uh like this like giant bird attacks their like their like Mogwai village and then Gizmo tries to like defend everybody and he gets like taken away by this bird, and then ends up in Shanghai, and then ends up in like a circus. But then he uh find like Sam Sam and his grandfather find him and then they're like well we need to, like, his grandfather is like knows about like all these like magical creatures like it knows magic, and he's and it, uh, played by James Hong is is the grandfather. And so he's so, so he's like, oh, we gotta get we gotta get this Mogwai back because he also knows like the rules and he knows what happens if like if <laughs> if grandmas show up then the like the whole like city's in, in danger. So this has happened before that he knows about this. It's somehow yeah in like in like the past of like China in the past like he he's he's like heard about Mogwai he knows like it, like they've like they've like a Mogwai like, tur- got turned to gremlins and like the gremlins like basically destroyed cities in the past so he's like well we gotta get this thing out of here <laughs> like. Gotta stop this. But then there's also there's like an evil industrialist uh, who's played by Matthew Matthew Rees, um, who like wants wants the like, wants Gizmo wants Mogwai and then but then also then like end of the second episode is like oh there's I got I got some gremlins now I don't need the Mogwai. <laughs> so it, it's not really clear like what he wants them for because like but he also he's he's basically like a like uh. It's kind of funny because like James Hong is in the show, but like Matthew Rees is playing basically like a like uh like a low pan kind of like sorcerer guy. Is he also Asian or just a white guy? He's he's a white guy who's like kind of like adapt like taking on like like like, like a he, Manchu guy. Kind of a little bit, yeah. But yeah, he he's like a, he's like a super powerful sorcerer. Like he he has like all these magic powers, which that's like kind of the weird thing about the whole show is like it's like they introduce magic into like the Gremlins universe, like straight up like like sorcerer sorcerer magic like there's like all, all kinds of like spells and stuff which they don't i mean obviously the other two movies like didn't have any of that in it so that yeah that's it's, it's like where did magic like did like vanish, magic just like vanish by the time like the 80s came around <laughs> like i don't know maybe the movie the show explained that the mogwais took the magic out yeah i mean it's it's only two episodes so far it's gonna be 10 episodes um the animation style is really good. Like it's 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 a unique, interesting art style. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's 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 a solid, fun like kid show. Or if you're a fan of Gremlins, like there's like it's fun to be like like see like that like you know Gizmo. Gizmo's very uh he's definitely has like a lot of like personality in the in the show. Like he can he he can kind of talk a little bit. Like he has like a rudimentary like he can say things. Like he can say his name and he can say other things. And he's like very like uh he can gesture. Like he's like very like like uh, animated. Now it begs the question: Does he dress up like Rambo or something to the equivalent <laughs> in this one? Well, he definitely like within like the first time, like when that when the like the bird attacks like their like Mogwai village, like he's the one that kind of like jumps up and they're, like I'm like I gotta defend everybody and like he's like throwing rocks at it and stuff, and everyone else like is like hiding. So like he definitely has his like uh like. <laughs> Leader, like, hero, like, like I'll, I'll, I'll fight, like I'll, I'll fight, like defend, like, like I'll fight, fight these gremlins, fight like my evil, like fight whatever, like, uh, like attacking me or like attacking my friends or whatever. So, wait, wait, so does he spawn gremlins this time himself? Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's the classic setup again, where like he gets water spilled on him, so now there's like a, there's like, at, at the end of, end of the second episode, there's like four gremlins. Uh, and there's probably gonna be more <laughs> as we as we move on, but uh, yeah, he gets water spilled on him. Classic, classic, 
gremlins set up and like yeah a bunch of like evil gremlins pop out of like my pop out of them but uh yeah it's it's it seems it seems pretty fun so far i'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably, probably keep watching it um i think i think it's also gonna be on country network uh at some point um i don't know if it's like same day as max because like it was like two episodes that max or like afterwards but it, I, I think it's like every uh like tuesday on max is like uh, when episodes drop now and then uh the last thing i watched is i'm about halfway through uh the muppets mayhem on disney plus which is the new muppets show that is uh, focusing on Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, the uh, you know the Muppets house band and like the main like Muppets band has been in like all everything, um, and it's basically the show is basically them uh, recording their first album because they basically signed a contract in like the 70s and they got like this huge like cash advance <laughs> from this from this uh, record company, and then they never made the album so it's like oh you guys owe us an album. <laughs> And there's like a there's like an ambitious like young like executive named Nora who's like try, is like f- discovers this and like because she's trying to like find like a uh, an act she wants to like like her, her the co- like the record company she works for is like failing so she's she's like a big act to like uh like you know move with the company life. but like, like save the company but also like move up and like because she wants to like move up and be like an, like a record executive she's basically just like an assistant when she starts out um. And then she, yeah, she discovers this like, oh, the Doctor Teeth let you, let you make him like, oh, us a record. I'll, I'll find them and get them to like, record it. So, so that's basically the whole show, like the whole like season of the show is like her like working with the mayhem, like and like learning learning like you know like learning about them and them like just like doing what they do, which is just like be like super laid back and like not really <laughs> not really like care about anything or like or or, or like don't they have like no ambition to like record the album or like do it like just like it's cool man like it'll, it'll record somehow well if you remember how they were in the muppets tv show on abc like they're a chill band and it's all like it's weird that i think like janice and dr teeth are dating janice and floyd are a couple floyd who's like the like the bass player but the purple skin he's got he's got like uh yeah purple skin or the, the big like orange mustache okay yeah like in their band i'm like i think janice is dating one of those good guys mm-hmm. but yeah, i think i think the definitely the funnest part of the show is that you like because like you know dr Heath and the mayhem like they showed up in like the movies and the muppet show but they, they usually have like one line they have like one scene or like one bit or they wouldn't be like the focus of the of the show or the movie but here they're the focus so you, you really so you really get to like you know like they get to like uh, explore them like you get to like know their personalities and like you get to like really like dig into like who each member of the band is and like their backstories and stuff so that's that's a lot of fun like you, you like you learn like floyd like is the one who found animal who is a baby like the, like animal just, just got, got left like floyd's like doorstep and then floyd just took him in and floyd basically his dad And then, and then lots, lots of just fun like uh, bits of uh, like them like trying to record the album and like like Nora getting super frustrated with them because they won't like 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 because um, they, they, they just do whatever they want like <laughs> there's a great running joke for like 
like Nora would like like leave like a room or like leave like a the house to come back like a super short time later like ten minutes later and like the mayhem is having like this giant party <laughs> so they just, it's like spontaneous just, like like create parties. There's like, there's like one scene where like she like goes outside to talk to her, Dr. Keith when they first get to like Los Angeles and comes back into this house and there's a huge rager party going on that wasn't happening like five minutes ago. With like Billy Corgan is gonna wrestle like wrestle Floyd and stuff. So <laughs> and then uh and obviously like it's it's a bunch of things like lots of cameos like there's like a ton of like mu- like music industry people that are in it that playing themselves. Um, which is also like a funny like running joke of like <laughs> like the mayhem know everyone but they just they just don't they just don't think about it or like don't mention, think to mention it <laughs> of like oh yeah we we know like uh <laughs> like uh Kesha and like uh Dead Mouse and like um, <laughs> they know like and, pop hit people but they yeah, just choose they, not to like utilize it they know everyone and everyone loves them and it's just, they just don't mention it or don't care they're just like eh, oh yeah we know they're like they're like absent-minded like don't remember like there's an episode like probably the best episode i've seen so far is like the third episode where like uh like you know zed like the, you know, the, the big like producer and artist like like he yeah, knows yeah. them yeah like he know he like he knows them and like he's and then like they, they managed to like get like a like he's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll produce your album. Like, we'll come to come to my like studio. We'll start recording, and then like, uh, he has this like crazy like high tech studio that they're not used to. Um, and, like he's like he's like making animal like play like this like like little like like electronic like drum machine thing. But then like animal like someone like actually presses like the like microphone down, and they hear like uh like. I think Floyd or like someone's saying like they're they're making a joke of like or being like like oh they're no one. You don't even need us anymore. Like you can just record us. Like you can just do everything with like these like electronically. Like then, Animal kind of th- takes this like, oh, they don't need me anymore. Like he gets like upset, so he leaves, and it becomes like a Benny Hanna like superstar. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that was like, and then the whole like subplot of the episode is like he keeps going to he, like Animal goes to, like this like employment agency where like uh, Ben Schwartz is like this like employment uh, like person like agent trying to like get him jobs and then bench force is getting like more and more just like desperate and, like frustrated just like trying to like, constantly sending ammo these jobs he's like just like blowing up like so trying to make him like be like a telemarketer or like a janitor and stuff so that's like a super fun like bench force is great that's him and animal are, they're all their scenes are just like fantastic and then like uh like anders holmes in it from you know workaholics he's like this like he's like like this like Nora's ex, who's like trying to develop like this like app and trying to like buy like the old records company that uh, she works for to like get all their songs into this app. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, and then also um, Adam F. Goldberg, who you know created the Goldbergs before he got like 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 he left his own show because like of like creative differences. When he uh, left the Goldbergs. Yeah, he left like like halfway through i think because like the like the network and like it, he disagreed with like the direction they were going like they wanted to like and that that's why i got so terrible after after he left because like they wanted to make it more ridiculous and more like they want to get away from like his like you know like real life stuff or, like like having like the real character like based on his like real life they just wanted to have like wacky sitcom like situations with like his characters so he's like oh, i'm out so <laughs> but he's like executive producer on it if it, it feels like, like the structure of like each of these episodes of Muppets Mayhem feels like a like a sitcom like Goldberg's like early early Goldberg's like like setup where it's like 
someone like a lot of the episodes like someone will say something or like someone will be like like there'll be a misunderstanding or someone will be upset about something but then like at the end they'll, like they'll like realize what their mistake and like make up with like whoever upset them and then the mayhem and every like every episode at the end like the mayhem like covers like a song so far so that's kind of similar to, like goldberg's like goldberg's always had done like an 80s song like like Bubba's mayhem so far like each episode kind of ends with like you know the usher mayhem like covering like uh like true colors or like uh have a little faith in me or like some, some sort of song <laughs> which yeah so if if, you, if you're a fan of, like early goldbergs like it kind of feels like it has that kind of same structure of like uh lots of funny bits but then also like kind of like yeah, it's like this like heartwarming dramatic kind of like ending where like everyone like <laughs> makes up make, like, all their yeah they learn a lesson they like make up they have like they uh it's like oh man we love each other like so but yeah it's 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 super fun so far i say definitely if you're a mouse fan i say definitely check it out and yeah it's it's just it's fun to like just spend like so much time with like dr teeth and let's and, and everyone in the lecture mayhem and like really like 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 see like what their personalities and like and like, especially like characters like like uh like zoo or like lips who like you don't really like have really done a lot like Muppet stuff like they get like lots of like fun bits and like stuff fun stuff here like lips who's basically like, they're, like i think they're, he's like their saxophone player he's basically like, boomhauer from king of the hill like he just like he just like mumbles this, like nonsensical like everything he says is like this like nonsensical mumbling and everyone's just like all right yeah good, job, good idea lips that, that was good yep and obviously every, everything with animals great so i mean because obviously animals is like one of the best muppets <laughs> So yeah, definitely definitely check it out if you have Disney Plus and you uh your fan of Muppets, check that out. I feel like I feel like we're on we're on a different like like upswing of like Muppet stuff because like Haunted Mansion was great. Um, Muppets Now was pretty good. Like the like the like kind of like weird like uh skits I guess sk- viral video kind of sk- like it was like uh, all like digital. It was like Skeeter was like running like a like a a digital <laughs> like it was all like different like video shows online shows. Which is a little bit hard. That was like a little bit more hit or miss, but like there, there was like really good. Like Pepe's game show and like Muppets Now is like one of the best things the Muppets has ever done. <laughs> that was so funny. And then yeah, Muppets Mayhem is 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 great too. So yeah, we're definitely it's, most of the, yeah most of the Disney Plus Muppets show uh, Muppets stuff has been pretty great so far. So uh, definitely check that out if you have Disney Plus. And uh, that's going to do it for me this week, so we can wrap things up. Uh, definitely have a slate. Like we mentioned, we have our Italian job counter. You can check that out and watch that along with us. And we've got all the trailers we mentioned and uh, news reviews and all, also all the other stuff we put up every week on the site. So head over and check all that stuff out. And for Chris, I am Zach, and we will see you next week. For more Everything Action, head to www.everythingaction.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at EVAction, on Facebook by searching for Everything Action, and follow us on Instagram at everything.action. You can also subscribe and get more episodes on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.